This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. I am your host covering everything sport, international, local. Coming up on today's show... All the drama from last night's African Nations Cup final as Algeria defeat Senegal in Egypt to be crowned the kings of Africa under the spotlight. Manchester United and what direction are they heading right now? How far away are they from matching City and Liverpool to bring back the glory days? All that and more on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Welcome back to the Halftime Show on this fine Saturday afternoon. Baghdad, Bunija's first-minute deflected effort handed Algeria their second African Cup of Nations title after a 29-year wait with a 1-0 victory over Senegal in a highly charged final in Cairo. With the opening minute, Algeria was one goal up. Bunija picked up the ball after Czech Kouita had missed the attempted tackle on the left, drifted in and struck a shot that came off. Salif Sane, the man, ironically, who came in for the suspended Koulibaly. I was gutted for Koulibaly because I'm a big fan of his and I really wanted him to be in the final, especially at a big stage like that. What do you guys think of that? How was the final? It wasn't the greatest to, to report. However, in the final, we did see Algeria concede 62% possession and only have one shot on goal in the whole game. And what does that tell you about the final? You, like, you guys let us know. Text us on 4215, it's Salat or do. And keep us posted with how you're doing today. It was clear the result was the most important thing. And in years to come, we are only going to be remembering that Algeria were crowned kings of Africa. What were your thoughts on the tournament? The Algeria manager, Jamil Belmadi, has definitely been the standout coach of the tournament. A year ago, he was appointed coach with a lot of big decisions to make. He had to manage big players, he had to extract big players, and he had to make big, big decisions with big expectations on his shoulder. He did not disappoint. Defensive midfielder Adlan Guidera described him well. The coach really knows the players and what he wants. He knows how to listen to us. That's important because if you don't have a good cook, you won't get a good dish. I couldn't have said it better as we're approaching that time of the day where I am hungry. Riyad Mahrez also had a lot of praise saying, tactically, we work on a lot more. And Coach Belmadi insists on tactics a lot and he uses the right words to motivate us. And how important is that to get that kind of motivation going, especially at the top level where expectations are high in Africa? Congratulations to Igalo for being top scorer with five goals. The forgotten Watford man showed exactly what he can do on the stage where he has disappeared for a while since leaving Watford and moving to China. He is now performing at the highest level with... Nigeria. Ismail Benassir, who remembers him? Any guesses on where he used to play? Arsenal. He uh, he won a play he won play of the tournament after his consistent performances throughout the tournament and was one of the standout men. We did talk about Mares, we did talk about Mane, we did talk about Kulabali, possibly stealing the show, but hats off to him for taking best player of the tournament. 
And what did you guys think of that? Was it a tournament you will remember? Now that the international tournaments are aside, we can focus on the preseason and the big teams in the Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, and all the rest. But coming up next, Manchester United fans, you don't want to miss this as we zone into your club, get involved, and have your say on the halftime show. If you could replace Solskjaer for a day, what would you do differently? Only here on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. Now, this segment is dedicated to a lot of my friends out there who are Manchester United fans. This is the segment where we put Manchester United under the spotlight and allow you to tell us exactly what you think of the current state at Manchester United. How far are Manchester United from returning to the class of the 99 days? Now, when we go back to the history, Manchester United have got the record for the most titles in England, and they do remind us of that quite often with 20. But a certain rival is only two behind and getting stronger and stronger every year. And we won't mention those names because I am dedicating this um, segment to Manchester United. What are your views on Paul Pogba? Would you like to keep him at the club or try and cash in and reinvest that cash into someone else? A lot comes with the World Cup winner and he has displayed with his international team. But is he consistent enough at club level? We saw shades of that when Jose Mourinho left. And as Solskjaer came in for the first 20 games, he was outstanding. Now, is that a lack of consistency or is that due to the lack of support he has in his team? Now, Juan Basaka, Daniel James and possibly Harry Maguire's arrival is imminent right now. But with no Champions League football, who would you realistically like to see at United? Text us on 4215-Ittasalato-Doo and we're live on Instagram at Omar Alduri right now as we speak on Pulse95. Remember, this show is all about the listeners. How would you like to see Man United line up next year with Marcus Rashford, Martial, Sanchez, Lukaku, Pogba, all there at the moment now. How would you like to see your team line up? And has Solskjaer got the best out of his players? And with the Premier League being so ruthless in his managerial sackings, how long do you think he's got at the club? Does he have time to build and develop as we've talked about? Or will he be a casualty this season and get fired? What is considered a successful season in 2019-2020 for Manchester United? Is it finishing top four in the Champions League? Is it winning a trophy? Is it the Premier League? And that's it. Especially now with no Champions League football being a distraction. I do believe... In my opinion, I do believe that United are going down the development route in the under-23 setup by bringing back ex-United players such as Neil Wood, Nicky Butt and Quinton Fortune. But one can't help but imagine if those names were replaced with characters such as Roy Keane, who has a very good relationship with Organ Solskjaer. You can't say that about Roy Keane and many people, but the Manchester United captain has definitely left his mark on Manchester United's history. Would you like to see him back? Gary Neville or Phil Neville, and Yap Stam, or even an older school approach of Brian Robson. I can't help but feel Solskjaer may have even been perfect for the under-23 setup 
which would enable him to develop talent such as Ghana, Gomez and Mason Greenwood. Mike's feeling, Mike Feeling's return has certainly brought back the years and the ghost of Alex Ferguson. So is there any need for Ferguson to still be involved as we always see shots of him over and over again being involved with the dressing room, being involved at the stadium, being there at the training ground? Is that getting in the way of Solskjaer's own personal ideas? What do you guys think out there? Manchester United fans, there's plenty of you out there. I'm sure you're tuned in right now. Let me know what you think. And finally, if you could pick one from the following signings from each category who would fit in at United realistically guys realistically I wouldn't go past four signings with preseason already underway but I've given you an option I've put four categories and in each category I want you to pick one player that you would have at Manchester United there's only a couple of weeks to go but let me know category number one in defense would you have Harry Maguire Umtiti Toby Alderweireld or Danny Rose category two Edrisa Gay with the most interceptions of the league and always matching Kante's stats. Eric Dyer, Sergei Savic, or Bruno Fernandes, Longstaff from Newcastle, or Declan Rice. Category number three, Nicolas Pepe, who's been an outstanding player for Lille this, this season and quoted to be 80 million euros to sign. Malkin from Barcelona, who isn't in the plans, especially with Griezmann and possibly Neymar joining in. Usman Dembele, again, being mentioned as a swap deal with Paris Saint-Germain. The notorious Gareth Bale, a lot of views on that. Paolo Diabala of Juventus, Jordan Sancho of Dortmund, and what a season he has had. I mean, let's take a second to, to acknowledge he didn't make it at Manchester City, he went to Germany, he's been one of the best players, especially up and coming, and has definitely left his mark on the England team as well. Or Federico Chiesa, from that's category three. The final category, a striker, especially with Romelu Lukaku leaving, would you have Mario Cardi, who surfaced the requirements at Inter Milan, Nabil Fakir, who a season ago was going to sign for Liverpool and has a lot to offer, Moussa Dembele, who currently plays for Lyon, or Neymar. Now, bear with me. I know I said realistic signings, but so far, with the toxic environment Neymar has set at PSG, if Barcelona can't afford him, why not go for him at least to keep him for a season at Manchester United? Man United fans, text us on 4215 and let us know on Instagram Live. What do you think? would add value to your team now in 2018-2019 United had 38 games 19 wins 10 losses and 7 clean sheets however in 2017-2018 United had 25 wins 7 losses and 19 clean sheets now I understand that Mourinho and Solskjaer both took the you know uh, responsibility for last season and that not always easy but now in 2017-2016 guys who was United's top scorer this player is now involved in the MLS had some strong words against rival Carlos Villa when asked who the best player in MLS is and currently ahead of the top of the league clash at 6am this morning played each other let us know what you think coming up next more on Pulse 95 this is Pulse95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast.
is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the halftime show on this fine Saturday. Hope you're having an amazing weekend. Now, before the break, I played a clip which was recorded before the LA Galaxy met LAFC in the MLS. Now, for those that don't watch MLS, a lot's been going on in terms of who's going to be the top scorer or the MVP or the best player at MLS. And with the US currently on a high after the Women's World Cup, and rightfully so, we have a little bit of uh, an interesting topic today. I did, I did post a clip out on social media and on the radio earlier on Zlatan's comments and he's never been short of words and when asked about Carlos Villa being a top scorer with 21 goals and 12 assists compared to Zlatan's 13 goals and 3 assists the, Sw- the Swede had some strong words as shots were fired asking the reporter how old is Carlos Villa he said 29 and he said do you know where I was when I was 29 Whew, savage and he goes well that just tells you if he's at his prime and at MLS then what am I then? And to be honest, that is deadly because looking at how, you know, the US is growing as a football nation, how, I wonder how the US would feel about those comments, especially with Zlatan's comments. This morning at 6 a.m., the Galaxy beat LAFC 3-2 with Zlatan scoring a hat-trick. Now, for those that love him, I mean, that is just incredible to get Zlatan scoring a hat-trick after those big words he mentioned. And for those that hate him, it's still good entertainment because they want him to lose. So I'm sure he brings in that entertainment to watch against a quieter Carlos Villa who also scored two goals um, but was overshadowed by the giant Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Now in the conference full of inconsistent teams, LAFC have been the exception this season. And under Bob Bradley, who if you remember, used to manage Swansea and wasn't that successful in England. Bob Bradley's adapted a high-pressing, possession-based game that's seen them lose just three out of 20 games in the MLS season so far. Now, in the Western Conference, LAFC are six points ahead of the Galaxy, but I'm sure this defeat will hurt their rivals. Now, for someone that is watching MLS now, and especially trying to cover all the sports, do you feel that MLS is reaching its potential? Is it a, a destination that only welcomes players who are looking for that last contract obviously Wayne Rooney's playing out there Zlatan Ravich is playing out there Um, but then you see Carlos Villa at 29 who maybe didn't perhaps reach the heights he should have when he played at Arsenal when he played in Spain the Mexico international has been a great player with plenty of pace and great finishing especially well known for a love shot when he gets one-on-one with the keeper but what do you guys think out there has the US past its sell-by date in terms of football or now do you think with the World Cup and the women achieving those great heights will it put the US back on the map they definitely have the resources out there they definitely have the education to be able to help the potential and the prospects that are coming out of there but why is it that US is seen as the league that probably is that final paycheck what do you think is different about let's say China or let's say Germany when a lot of players do go out there not necessarily the Bundesliga as it still has some quality players but normally we talk about the Premier League we talk about La Liga we talk about Serie A now especially with Cristiano Ronaldo moving over to Juventus but MLS is not really in the mention however and I know this from being married to an American 
um, often tells me that they have everything out there in terms of resources, in terms of the investment in their athletes and in their programs. It's been something of, let's say, an overseen project out there in the US, but now a lot of people are investing in there and there's a lot more to come. Coming up next, all your questions and answers on the Under the Spotlight segment we mentioned earlier on Pulse95 about Manchester United. Manchester United fans, you're never shy away from the camera. Let us know your thoughts. This is your time. This is your show. Remember, it would be nothing without the listeners. If you have missed this show for some reason, you can find us on Apple Podcast or SoundCloud if you type in The Halftime Show on Pulse95. Guys, 95 pulses to go, and we do our final segment. Stay tuned for more on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to The Halftime Show Podcast. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. What a show it's been. And we've already reached the three-quarter mark on the final segment. Now, if you tuned in today, you would, of course, talk about the African Nations Cup as Algeria become kings of Africa. I was, I was, it was very close, to be honest, especially with Senegal and the way Cissé set up his team. But it wasn't a final to remember as the Algerians take over Africa in Egypt. What a team and what a performance we have had from Algeria with their clean sheets, their ruthless defending and their organized structural midfield. It gave that moment of magic by Mares to get them in the final and something now that hopefully they can press on with. Manchester United fans, we have been in touch and we've had a lot of comments on Instagram regarding who you would sign now. Um, I've got Raha, who mentioned Harry Maguire of Leicester, Fernandez, Jordan Sancho, and Nabil Fakir. And when I asked him how much that would roughly cost, it was 160 to 170 million. Things that I really liked about what Raha said is that the problem is with nowadays is everyone's expecting quick results, trophies, and big signings. And I think Manchester United are now looking at developing their team and starting with what they have in the academy. And that's something that I know a lot of teams outside the top four have had to do. I think Chelsea are going to have to focus on that now with Frank Lampard coming in. Definitely on the same page. Um, Musab said, Harry Maguire, Idrissa Gay, Paolo Diabala, and Neymar. Again, um, I think... I like. I, I really like the Idrissa Gay signing. I think he's been overlooked. I think he's been overshadowed. I think that a lot of... I don't understand how the Premier League have not wanted this player when Paris Saint-Germain are linked with him and he's not that expensive either compared to the crazy values we're listening to. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. I know Arsenal could use him. I know Liverpool could use him, especially with the midfield they have. James Milner and Henderson have done a good job alongside Wijnaldum, but definitely a player who they can bring on board but would Everton sell to their rivals that's another thing um, Maria comes up with I don't get how United haven't violated the trade limits and I believe she's talking about the financial fair play in signing or at least bringing in the wage uh, structure they have with Alexis Sanchez and Paul Pogba's and even David De Gea's all jumping on board I'm not, I'm not sure how 
how many more big signings they can get. But right now, they have been active in the market. They are trying to get more players. Mohamed Murad has said, scrap the current United team and get bring back the class of 99. That's another one. Really like that. But Man United fans, would you um, keep Alexis Sanchez, give him a chance, or is it time to get rid of him? And the question is, who would purchase Alexis Sanchez at this rate? We all know that when he was at Arsenal, he was an outstanding player. He pretty much carried the team on his own, but it hasn't quite gone for him at Manchester United, especially with the way the transfer was made. Was it rushed by Manchester City and hence why he left Arsenal and went to United? Or is it something that, as he said, as a kid, which they all say, um, it was my boyhood club and it was my dream and the rest of it. Let us know. Text us on 4215 or message us on Instagram Live. Guys, this show is all about you. I've got another question here. Omar, who would you sign from the four categories? Right. Category number one, I'm not sure I would take Harry Maguire. I think he's a very, very good player. But when you think of Mateus Lift going for 67 million, I'm not sure if I'd spend that. I know Toby Alderweireld has got one more year left. If I could get both, I would go for Maguire and Alderweireld. Otherwise, I would just go for Alderweireld. Category number two, who would I have signed from the players mentioned? Idrissa Gay all day. Um, I'd take him from Everton. Category number three, for me, um, it's got to be between Jordan Sancho and Nicolas Pepe. Those two. I'm not sure Dembele would go to Manchester United, but I think Jordan Sancho definitely would. And Nicolas Pepe, if they can afford his hefty price tag of 80 million, as we're led to believe. And finally, in category four, who would you sign? I don't know if many people will agree with me on this, but Mauro Icardi is a bit of a troublemaker. And it doesn't help that his wife is his agent. No offense to any wives out there who are football agents. Um, but it's caused a lot of trouble into Milan. They've sent him home. I don't know if I would keep him. Uh, I would have him at United. Moussa Dembele. That's the player I would go for. Again, with Neymar, I'm not sure if I'd have him. And how long would he realistically stay at Manchester United? We know his love with Barcelona. We know he wants to go back. Would he take the trip to Old Trafford and, and work with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? I'm not sure if a personality like that would be welcomed at Old Trafford. Guys, we've reached full time on the Halftime Show. It's reached that time again. You can follow us on Pulse95 Radio. We are live on Pulse95 and every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 to 4. Guys, have a lovely weekend. All the love. Stay blessed on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m.